0: Welcome to Words of Wisdom. On this podcast, we interview some of the most influential people in the world to uncover how they became the best so that we can help you understand how you can become the best. What's up, everybody? Grant Wise here. Welcome to Words of Wisdom. I am so excited today to be interviewing my very dear friend. This is Carrie Shull, who is a power player in all areas of life. I'm so excited for this conversation and uh, so excited for you to be here, Carrie. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Grant. I'm excited too.
0: I love it. So let's get a little bit of your backstory. Tell us kind of how you got to where you are today and and we'll kind of dive in.
1: Okay. Um, Well, from a young age, I moved a lot. So I moved 13 times before I was 18. I think that had a major impact Kind of shaping my fundamentals and my core values. I learned a lot about how to go into a new environment and meet people and make friends and kind of set myself up for success. And that's carried through to starting a team. Uh, I have a large real estate team in the residential space. There are 129 people on the team as of today. So, probably one of the largest in the country. Yeah. And we're up 50% over last year. So, just, um, yeah, uh, the mill, the middle of my story is I never intended to be a real estate agent. I was actually selling condo developments, um, in the Washington DC area and managing the sales team from a very, very young age. So I was managing people in their forties and fifties when I was like 22. Um, and that was fascinating. And One day my mentor came to me and said, hey, we have this opportunity to work with a huge investor. It was a $50 million. This is one of my defining moments. So $50 million he wanted to spend on bulk short sales and foreclosures. And my mentor said, listen, I think you're really talented. I'd love to do this, but if it doesn't work out, I'm already wealthy and I'm done. So it was like, you're looking that decision in the face coming from a great place, making great money, right? And surrounded by people I really liked and I had to take the chance. So that's what actually resulted in me being a real estate agent. That investor bought a hotel and I woke up one day and I'm like, wow, if I'm going to eat and uh, pay to live, I need to start selling some houses. And then I fell in love with the real estate industry.
0: I love it. Um, Talk to me about... (sighs) Your mindset. One of the things I've always known about you is you are a top performer. Like no matter what it is that you seem to to touch, every part of your life, you seem to have a mentor and you seem to be performing at the highest levels. Talk to me a little about that path. Like what? How did how did you really start to develop as you know a top performer and a lot of the stuff that you did?
1: I think uh, first of all, thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think for me, when I got into real estate, but But always growing up, like I was somebody who loved working. I -hmm. found a lot of joy in serving others and in personal growth, right? So once I identified that that was important to me, um, when I first got a job, I remember people, you know, teaching about role playing and about sales and about mindset. And I went really deep, like I would, I would not be the person who listened to the the, the vhs tape or the the dvd once i was listening to it when i was in the shower when i was in the car i was begging my friends to practice out loud with me like i believe that there is success and repetition and um i didn't have an ego to the point that i felt like i couldn't learn from some old school stuff. So I was going Mm. like Zig Ziglar, like (laughs) all the greats and just trying to absorb what I could learn from them. And at some point on my path, I was introduced to Tony Robbins and he's been a huge influence in my life. Um, And so that went from focused on the skills to focused on having the right mind, right? Mm. Having the right openness to opportunity and continuing to learn from everyone around me. So I think that's been really very, very important for me.
0: What were some of your top initial takeaways from learning from Tony?
1: Um, I think when I first was introduced to Tony, I used to to go on runs and I didn't like running, but I loved Tony. So that in itself was a lesson because it was really connecting to, um, two things. And he always says, you know, if there's something that you love doing, find a way to tie that and have a pattern interrupt to something else. And that's been, that's been true for me in many aspects of my life. Um, But he, he teaches a lot about just positioning yourself to win and being present with what your actual thoughts are. And I was never somebody who meditated. I still don't. So a lot of successful people are able to do that. I feel like when I'm trying to sit in quiet, I'm so distracted by being like antsy and by wanting to do something else. Um, Later in my journey with Tony, I did Platinum Partners. And so part of what I learned even in that group was it's about connecting with yourself and then being in the right room with other people. Mm -hmm. And I always say, be in the room with people who have been where you want to go, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're leading a path and having the right, the right movement towards what you want and surrounding yourself with people who have already done what you wanna do or have different aspects of it. So there, no, no one has walked my exact path, but there are people who are far ahead of me on the path in different areas of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So for Tony, I feel like his spiritual influence was a big deal. And he helped me to have more alignment with what I wanted. So there was a time I was at Business Mastery. It was right after I had my first child. And for any parent, having a child is like earth shattering and monumental, right? For me as a mom, um, it caused me to have some hesitation about my vision. I always knew that I wanted to have children. That was a really important element of, of my plan in life. But I didn't know how having children would impact my ability to do work, right, Mm -hmm. to do my job and to fulfill my mission on my work journey. And I grew up with a mom who stayed home. And one of the things she told me, which I now believe that this was a limiting belief, she would tell me, you can't have both. Carrie, you Mm -hmm. will see when you have children, you can't be a mom who works and a mom who's really connected to your kids, which Mm -hmm. I believe that is you know, really untrue. It was true for her. So her path led her to believe that. But for me, it created some fear around how I would have children and have a big vision at work and professionally. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm at business mastery with Tony and I hadn't really got present with the fact that that limiting belief was, was inhibiting my potential. And all of a sudden someone was on stage and saying they lost their vision. And I was with my husband, Dan at the time, and I just started sobbing. And he's like, like, I'm breastfeeding at the time I have Braden traveling with us. I think he was probably like three months old. And he goes, what, what did I do something? What just happened? (laughs) No, he's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, no, I just realized that I lost my vision. Like I. I always knew, oh, I want to be number one in real estate sales in Virginia. And we had accomplished that goal. And so it was, where do I go from here and how do I lead my people and how do I have them continue to grow under my leadership if I can't figure out what the next step is? And so having the awareness of it, that was like a spiritual moment for me because it was me recognizing where I was stuck and then that helped me to figure out the path forward. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs, we get stuck and we don't know where to go or what we wanna accomplish next, or maybe we accomplish what we thought we wanted and then it doesn't feel as great as we thought it would. And so we have to recalibrate what we're after.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, that's so many good takeaways packed up in there. I would imagine that as you were talking about, you're moving a lot from 13 to 18, it taught you a lot about dealing with change. You kind of alluded to that. How has that impacted you from a growth standpoint?
1: That's a great question. I'm really comfortable with change. And so I think for a lot of entrepreneurs and people in general, we resist change to our detriment because just around the corner of change would be something great.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: sometimes that's tweaking a business model a monetization strategy. Sometimes it's about key players on your team and needing to make changes, right? But for me, because I was always interfacing with different people and I'm someone who can go in a room and I have a radar for the people who are gonna illuminate my mission, right? Mm. I'm gonna naturally attract them. They're gonna, we're going to be like kindred spirits that come together. And I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from being the kid on the playground sitting there who knew absolutely no one and trying to just observe to understand my path into a social environment.
0: Mm. That's really powerful. You talked about going into platinum partners and surrounding yourself with the right people. Why are relationships from your perspective so important for leadership and mindset and business and those types of things?
1: I think relationships are absolutely everything. I don't think I would have a team. Um, I certainly wouldn't have a family because I wouldn't have my marriage, right? Right. Um, I think we all know relationships are important, uh, but as an example with my real estate team, I think every single member of my team feels cared about and they know that I value their lives as much as their professional life. Right. So I put a lot of emphasis in the relationships that I have with people on what makes them tick and helping them listen to their inner voice so that they actually have their life serve them. And they're not just doing.
0: Mm. It's a bunch of really important comments. So the question I've always wanted to ask you is what is the hardest thing you've ever had to overcome? And how did you?
1: I had, um, Well, I might get emotional here. That's this okay. is a recent this is a recent one. Um, like I had a moment, so I just had my fourth child. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was two weeks old, maybe two and a half weeks old, I had a moment where everyone was melting down. Like all my children at the same time, my family was there. I was trying to feed him and the sling flipped. And I almost dropped him on a tile floor.
0: Mm.
1: And I caught him with one hand against my leg on his head. Like, this is a moment where I realized, wow, uh," it was, and it was because he was having, he was having a really hard time eating, right? Mm -hmm. So scariest moment in my life was that moment. And here's what I learned from that moment. Wow. Okay. I have now four children under five, five and under. Right. Mm -hmm. And I still have multiple businesses that I'm running. I have my family. I'm going to be living in chaos for a while. And I have to calm, calm down and be okay with that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there's been elements of that throughout my life. Like I'm somebody who likes to have really big goals and, um, challenge myself and push myself. And often when you're pushing yourself to a bigger goal, it's about doing more and figuring out how to be more efficient. And in this moment of my life, it was actually about like quieting myself and just focusing on only the most important things to do because the reason that happened is that I was frantic. Mm -hmm. I was trying to calm him down and my other children. And so I lost control for a second and the sling flipped it was one moment in time and it could have changed my life forever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so when I, I i've thought about that moment like i can't i still can't walk through my kitchen it happened in my kitchen i don't want to stand in that spot like the energy from that moment was so monumental but the lesson in life is like wait a minute if i'm just frantically trying to give to everybody. And I can't quiet myself and focus on what's most important in that moment. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna accomplish what I want to, and I'm never gonna be at peace. Mm. So
0: I'm
1: gonna have to get a little comfortable with not doing everything. Right. I'm actually gonna have to be okay saying no, letting someone cry on occasion. Oh, which, as I'm saying that, my baby <laughs> monitor is going off and someone's crying. <laughs> um yeah so so that was probably the moment that was the hardest for me um professionally there's been many many <laughs> people on my team right
0: uh-huh.
1: but I think that that was like the most oh wow there's gonna have to be some major changes because I could I could hurt myself or someone else if I'm not really careful.
0: That's a really profound lesson to take away from. Obviously, it's a traumatic experience. It's something that you're right, absolutely could have shaped your life um, moving forward. Not everybody, I don't think, would translate the two. I mean, it sounds like in, in each experience you've talked about, you're always looking for that lesson. Has, has that been a key? you know, action for you as you move throughout life. And, you know, as you've developed your mindset, it sounds like there's great intention behind the the day-to-day with you.
1: Yeah, taking the lessons well and listening, like listening to yourself and how you respond because we, we can't control everything that happens to us, but our reaction to what's happening around us and how we mm-hmm. choose to move forward, that's all we can control, right? Yeah. So I think li- looking for the lesson, definitely. Um, and I don't meditate, but I do spend time when I go to bed and when I wake up really just thinking and, and being grateful, right? I Mm -hmm. think looking for what I could be grateful for and the lessons I could take away from that experience, make it less traumatic, Mm -hmm. right? If I didn't do that, then I might just be afraid and have anxiety and be afraid
0: to be, and I can't Mm -hmm.
1: be lives that way. So it's more important for me to bottle it up into a message to myself and something I can help others with.
0: Yeah, that's really profound. I love it. Do you think that, you know, you you do a lot? I mean, without question, Uh, I have admired you and admired Dan from afar. It seems like you all are uh, constantly working on, you know, projects and have things coming out. And you have uh, obviously, if you said four babies under five, and so you got a lot of stuff going on. Do you believe that as you know maybe somebody listening to this may not be a business owner it may just be you know think of anything that you you want i guess do you, do you feel like we need to find that type of balance for ourselves do you guys believe in that or do you believe in that or do you feel like that you know we're we're just going to have to invest in the moment we're in and 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 figure out how to make it work what what's your belief there how do, how do you guys function that way
1: well I- I think that being intentional about the balance and the, like the boundaries and the life you want to create is very important. Um, Mm -hmm. So even our conversation before we jumped into the podcast, I said, wow, I've been in complete baby mode for three months. Right. (laughs) Um, I love you, Grant. So when you asked to do the interview, I'm like, yes, I want to do it. Um, But I've only done one other interview in the last three months. And that was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Right. And now he's three months old. He's thriving. Everything's going well. He's sleeping well, you know, life is, is changing. <laughs> right. um, but I think in, in your day-to-day life, as an example, for me, I decide how much I want to work and what days I'm going to work. And then I, I have to look at what I need to accomplish and figure out how to do that. So I stopped taking meetings on Mondays and Fridays a couple of years ago. And part of my thinking it was probably about two years ago. Now I stopped taking meetings on Fridays, like four, four years ago. And coming out of this maternity leave, I've decided I'm only going to take meetings two days a week and that challenges my entire team, right? Because then everybody's trying to figure out how to get what they need and the support that they need, but they have to be more efficient in how they package their request. Mm-hmm. so that I can accommodate them, but I'm constantly, what I realize is I'm constantly training people how to interact with me mm. and what is and what is not okay. And I think one of the struggles for people is they're afraid to set those boundaries and they're afraid to say how they want to interact with others. And so then they are, they're resentful. They're giving too much and they don't have the balance that they want. And for me, I'm watching my, I think my, my last child, right. Go through being mm-hmm. an Indian and I'm holding on to these moments and I'm thinking, wow, I don't want to miss this, but I still believe I can grow something that's like outrageously successful professionally, even with two days of appointments. Mm-hmm. And the reason I specify appointments versus working, I love to work. I love to work. You'll find me at times at four o'clock in the morning, like I got an idea and I'm so excited about it. I'm sneaking out of my bedroom. So I don't wake (laughs) up Dan and getting a coffee and working on it. I'm passionate about what I do, but I like to have flexibility about when I do it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm motivated. My ultimate motivator is freedom, Mm -hmm. right? I want to be able to do what I want when I want to. And knowing that that's what motivates me, it's very important that I have success in creating a lifestyle that accompanies success. So if I said, all right, I'm gonna take appointments five days a week, but that wasn't feeding my soul. And I didn't didn't like that feeling of having to be somewhere all the time. I don't think it would serve me. There's other people that operate so differently. They would say, why in the world would you ever wanna be up at four o'clock in the morning working on a business idea when you could have a Monday through Friday schedule and only work this many hours. Right. Uh, So my uh, message for anyone out there is know what makes you tick and then move in that direction. Maybe you can't start off only taking appointments two days a week. Okay. But can you take Friday afternoons off and make it time for you where you do anything you want,
0: mm -hmm.
1: you know, make the baby steps to go in the direction that you want. Another, another thing, We made the decision before our son was born to start traveling with Tony. And we looked at it and we're like, we've really been traveling for two to three months out of the year for a couple of years leading into this. Um, And so that was important to us as well. Being able to see different places in the world. My family's from far away, right? I always thought I would have my kids grow up living near my family. Now I feel really good with the decision that we've made to spend a month, a month and a half out of the year, just really building the relationships with my family in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So we just, we look at life by taking steps towards what we want. And there's times when we really grind it out, like right before we do a hyper fast event, I know I'm working more than two to three days a week, right? I'm gonna go yeah. all, all in and hardcore because people are spending their their time Their money too but their time is most important to me away from their families to be with us and we're doing Mm -hmm. that on may 5th and 6th actually that's that's coming up and so how how we go about the cadence i i'm okay working until midnight a couple of nights in a row if -hmm. it means something amazing and the rest of my life is the way that i want it to be if that makes sense
0: it sounds like you are creating a ton of space for yourself um, and, in, in a lot of the actions that you're taking, but by doing that, you know, being intentional about time limits and restrictions, you know, throughout the week with your team, you're, you're creating a massive amount of space for yourself to, to do whatever, whatever it is that you want. Sounds liberating.
1: It is liberating. And it actually, what I, I used to have guilt about it. So there's some people, when you talk to them, they say, well, I feel guilty if I go on vacation or, um, I have to lead by example. Right. And so mm-hmm. if I want people to be in my office, you know, at 8 a.m. and to stay till five, I have to get in at 7 30 and work till 5 30. I just don't believe that serves my team best for myself as a leader. Right. Yeah. I think that I wouldn't have a relationship like I have with you. I wouldn't have had the experience getting to know Grant Cardone, mm-hmm. Billy Bean, like all of these entrepreneurs that have really influenced my thinking and Tony having the Mm -hmm. time traveling with Tony, I would have said, no, I can't do platinum partners. But for me to be the kind of leader that's constantly innovating and constantly adjusting, going through the change of what we're doing to make us industry leaders, I have to give myself that time to build those kind of relationships and be in the moment in different places, learning from other people.
0: Mm -hmm. You're, You're a zone of genius the areas where you shine the most. How, how do you get uh, in front of as many, because you've traveled with Tony, you've done work with Billy Jean, Grant Cardone, Gary Vee. You've done a lot of work with some amazing people. How do you get in those rooms? How do you how do you put yourself in those situations?
1: It's a good question. So a lot of times I pay. I spend yeah. money to be in the room. The secret of I...
0: secrets. <laughs> I just pay the bill. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you write the check, right?
1: <laughs> but how you behave once you're in the room Mm, that that really mattered yeah so when I was in the room with Billy I became friends with Billy right and my relationship with Billy uh actually started I was really vulnerable in a room full of entrepreneurs I was being roasted for how much money I spent on Grant Cardone (laughs) that's what I was being roasted for and Billy was in the back of the room And watched me take it like a champ, right? (laughs) And and say, and I was coming from a place of, you know, I had spent over $100,000 having Grant come to an event and I hadn't sold out the seats. In Mm -hmm. fact, I had a lot of seats to sell. And so I was saying, yeah, I I probably didn't handle this well. What do you guys suggest? So the next morning, I'm walking through the airport and Billy actually called my cell phone. He's like, dude, I heard you on stage. It's like that must be super stressful. And so he he reached out to me after just hearing me be very vulnerable. And he said, Is there anything I can do to help? And I said, Absolutely. I didn't even breathe. I'm like, wow, Billy Jane's calling my cell phone. Absolutely. I would love you to come to my event. And he's like, Wow, that's <laughs> a big ask. I think he thought I was gonna ask for like an ad or something, right? Right. Um, but that's how that's how our friendship began. So I think um I looked at the win-win to make him be able to do that event. Like if I had said, Hey, can you do this as a favor? He's a very successful entrepreneur that probably wouldn't appeal to him. Mm -hmm. But I looked at what could, what could we both accomplish so that he still has a guarantee of money, Mm -hmm. right? He has, there's there's a win in it for him and he gets to help me because that's ultimately why he called. He took his time to just show up and say, what, what do you need? And it ended up being a wild success. Thank yeah. God.
0: <laughs> do you find that you guys intentionally engineer moments like that? I mean, I know that some people are wired that way. They have to do these big things and, and kind of create these, I guess, create force for them to go out and move. And I would equate, you know, you, you paying Grant a hundred G's to come speak and then not having the events So that sounds like some people would intentionally engineer an experience like that so that they move. Is that an intentional practice of yours or is that just kind of how it worked out at the time?
1: Um, I think that go big or go home is definitely intentional for us. And there's many moments in life, even deciding to pay, like doing Platinum Partners, I think it was like, $75,000 $75,000 for one of us and 50 for the other or something, like it was outrageously expensive at a time when that was a big financial decision for us.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was
1: made like that, right? Like this is where we want to move and we're not going to think about it until after we say yes. And then we're going to think about it. Tim was like, when we made that, that decision, he wanted me to be the one that said no like he thought I would say, no, we shouldn't do it when he suggested it. And he still told the story. He's like, I was trying to impress you a little bit. Like our relationship was still pretty new, you know? I thought that you would be like the voice of reason and I'm like, yes, let's do it. And So then we were we were stuck. So I think that we always push ourselves to go outside of our comfort zone, that's for sure.
0: What's, what's consistently been on the other side of fear for you?
1: It's always a big win. And no matter if what we're doing works out the way that we want it or not, it's a big win because there's so many lessons involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even, uh, I'm part of a group, um, in the real estate space, that's a mastermind
0: mm-hmm.
1: and at that mastermind, they were talking about multifamily. And I remember thinking a few years ago, Wow if other people are doing this, I can do it too. So I was in the room with people who had been where I decided I wanted to go. I didn't even know I wanted to go in that direction at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it influenced my thinking. And I thought my husband would be so brilliant at this. Like he is so analytical and so good with running numbers. Now we have 120 units in our pipeline. That's awesome. Right? So I think just by listening and observing and taking in, like there's some big decisions to be made and it may be in a space that you're not comfortable with yet.
0: Mm -hmm. A big key to this conversation has been surrounding yourself with the right people that, that are where you want to go. I would imagine, you know, being around some of the big names that you've been around it, just the presence of that energy, the presence of those mindsets almost just seems like it forces you to kind of level up to the moment. Have you ever found yourselves in those rooms, maybe lacking confidence or lacking you know, uh, self-worth? Like, oh my goodness, there's some big names in here. I don't know that I belong. I don't know what am I doing. How do you deal with that?
1: Yes, absolutely. One of the big ones for me where I doubted myself was around multifamily. Like I had a moment where I'm like, am I smart enough to do this? Am I willing to take the risk? Am I like, this could, my entire, you know, everything I've worked to build could go away in a moment if I screwed it up. Right. Mm -hmm. And we all have those moments. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone who says like, no, I had no doubt ever. They're just lying. (laughs) Right? Right. That's just total BS. So I would say when you're in one of those moments, I always look around and I say, listen, like, Give yourself more credit than that. I have the moment and the conversation with myself. I don't have to be good at everything. Part of what I have to do is recognize who to put in the right positions to accomplish what I want. In that moment, I it's not that I couldn't have done um, the analysis and but I recognized, wow, this is Dan is meant to do this. like hmm. in the conversations I'm having with the other people, and he wasn't there with me at that event. Um but for me when I have self doubt or I, it's more about taking a step inward and going wait a minute that's not true. So actually what I did from that event I signed up to go to an event with Grant Cardone where he did in-depth multifamily training in a very small group. Hmm. So if somebody's out there and you're thinking well I can't afford to go to like, thanks for your advice, Carrie, but I can't afford to go to Grant Cardone's small group, right? Okay. Well, what can you afford to do in your space? Does that mean that you go to a multifamily meetup group and you ask tons of questions to other people that are doing multifamily? My suggestion is to put yourself in the room and then keep stretching from there. So Mm -hmm. as an example, one of the moments where I had self doubt at the same, um, Mastermind. If anyone's ever heard of Roland Frazier, mm. you know that he's like an absolute genius. If you haven't, go follow him. Some of his content will blow your mind. He actually speaks at Business Mastery for Tony.
0: Yeah. So
1: yep. I'm at the mastermind, and Roland said, Feedback for the group. If you're not building businesses with people in this room, you're not hearing what I'm saying, you're not mm. listening. Because you should be finding people that naturally you want to build businesses with, and you should be thinking about how what you're doing can complement each other. So, I'm like, wow, okay. I just get out of this this lesson with him, and then Jason Fladling. Do you know who he is?
0: I've heard the name. Yeah.
1: Okay. So he's another person to look up. He did um, he did Zoom's training on how to, how to do webinars. Like he's a webinar genius. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so I was doing a podcast interview with him and I'm like hearing Roland's voice in the back of my head. And so I said, Hey, do you have a lot of clients in the real estate space? And the next thing, you know, we're talking about how to do a joint venture in the real estate space. Mm -hmm. So it, to me, it's like You just have to keep stretching and reaching to be in different rooms surrounded by different people. And whether that's a free meetup group at first, or it's buying a ticket in the nosebleed section, right, for an event and then networking, like you got to show up. One of the things at every networking event, I'm never the person who's in their room at the end of the night. I'm the last one there because I want to soak up every ounce of knowledge from the people who are having conversations that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't put yourself not only in the room of the event, but at the at the bar, I don't care whether you drink or not. That's not the point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You still have to be present and trying to really show up to help other people and to help yourself learn.
0: I love the message. I love it so much. There, and you know, on the other side of fear is always a victory. <clears throat> Talking about some of your comments uh, a few minutes ago, and what I've learned is that I have a hundred percent success rate of getting through bad stuff. (laughs) I've to this point, thankfully, by the grace of God, I've survived everyone. But the point of that is that I've consistently built up a muscle for understanding what is on the other side of fear, knowing that at each moment, yes, I've been scared. I've been anxious. I've been stressed. I've been all of the emotions, but just powerfully, powerfully moving through those things has continuously taught me that in every situation I've been okay. Whether I've won or I've lost, uh, loss being, I don't even think a relevant term. I've always been okay. And it sounds like it's, it's, it's totally been the story for, for you and Dan.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we've had some hard, hard knocks, you know? So I think that the impression that people have sometimes is that successful people haven't had, um, really heartbreaking failures that's Mm -hmm. not true it's just it's it's likely i shouldn't say that's not true maybe there's someone out there i haven't met them yet (laughs) Um, but maybe there's someone out there who's always won and never had any hard times i think for the rest of us those hard times are what prepare us to be truly successful and so what's most important to me is never stopping right continuing to to aim bigger and accept the hard, the hard times that come for the ultimate wins that make life happier.
0: And I think that winning is a mindset. And so when, when you hear a lot of people that I know that are high performers, they'd say I either win or I learn. They don't say I win or I lose. And I, I love that.
1: I've never heard that. I love that. I either yeah. win or learn.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the truth. And I think that you practice in life, some duality, you know, something learned from some great coaches is that if you look back on your life experience, it will show you that for every bad thing that happened to you, there was the bad thing. There was the bad experience. And that led to maybe some unfortunate series of events, but what good came from it? You know, can you live in that thought? Can you live in that experience for a few minutes? And typically, and I think that's probably what has made me is, is I've just learned is that no matter what awful thing has happened. And I've lived through some stuff. I mean, since, since a very young age, it has all led to some of the most incredible things I have in my life. And so I, I probably never really have lost. Not that I haven't, you know, in the moment felt like, man, that sucks. <laughs> That's <sucked> a lot. <laughs> I don't have to go through that again. But man, I'm so grateful for what I learned. And you just get so connected to that. It makes you so it makes you grateful, and it, and and if you share those vulnerable moments as a leader, you can build some incredible people around you that ultimately you serve as a great model uh, mm-hmm. for those things. Do you mind sharing? Um, you said you've had some heartbreaking failures. So have you, you and Dan, do you mind sharing an experience that you've had uh, and oh, some stuff? I that have you've the had the
1: perfect over- one. The perfect one, because one of the moments when you were just talking, I thought about wow. You know what's interesting? the lesson you take away, like we could both go through the exact same experiment experience, experience mm-hmm. and the lesson we take from it would be dramatically different. Right? So one of our really difficult losses, um, we did a real estate project and it was supposed to take about 18 months. It's called Vermont street. <laughs> I probably shouldn't share the name of it, but um <laughs> man, that is a name that will haunt me. So the quick version of this, um, it took more than five years, close to six. So before I had children, I started this and it just ended, ended up in a lawsuit. We lost over a million dollars from doing this project. That could have been the end, by the way, we could have said, oh, we shouldn't do real estate developments. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, and what a sad lesson that would have been because that wasn't the takeaway. The takeaway for me in that whole experience, and it was difficult. I mean, there were times I had to go through arbitration, um, it, like just crazy. The craziest amount, I ended up taking over for the builder and finishing construction, managing the construction myself. Wow. Which, if you can imagine finishing the construction on a house when you're not a builder, that's not that's not something you're excited to do.
0: Right,
1: <laughs> it's, it's not good. That's an uh, that's a sign of bad, right? Um, but what I learned from it was more about I'm capable of doing anything
0: mm-hmm.
1: as long as I'm focused on learning and willing to ask for help from the people that I have surrounded myself with, I'm going to be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And the losing the million dollars, that was not, the lesson was not about that. We shouldn't have done the development. The lesson was that we had the wrong partner and we Mm -hmm. should have vetted that partner differently. And I went back and analyzed some of my very early conversations with that person and he lacked urgency. And so one of the, the core values that I realized is important to me, I am, I have extreme urgency. It's like off the charts. If I want to get something done, I'm like, I want it done now. I actually want it done yesterday because it's going to lead me down the right path. Mm-hmm. And most highly successful people that I've interacted with have an unusual sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. I don't do well in a business partnership with someone who lacks that. So there were very clear indicators that that was the case. And I was afraid to walk away from opportunity. Now I'm okay walking away from opportunity if it's not with the right people. Absolutely. That's the lesson
0: such a big lesson. I call it, I would call that a million dollar lesson, right? <laughs> Anytime I've ever lost money, I'm like, well, that's a good $5,000 lesson. It was a good million dollar lesson. <laughs> it
1: was a million dollar lesson. Yeah.
0: But from that, if you can take it and learn from it and and just, Hey, the next time you get a do-over, you get to, you get to try it again. And, you, and the, the takeaways from those types of experiences are just invaluable. How important now, has it been for you? Go, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say just the net opportunity of what's coming our way far, far, far exceeds the million dollars. And if I let that stop me or Dan, let that stop him. And we were like, man, we lost a million dollars. This is a bad idea. We shouldn't do this again. We would have cost ourselves hundreds of millions of dollars in our lifetime. There's
0: no doubt. I- I was listening to Grant Cardone one time and I'd had some poor partnership experiences early in my kind of entrepreneurial journey. And I got started as an entrepreneur. I was 19. Okay. So I was also a dumb kid running, (laughs) running companies. And, and so I, I certainly made my share of mistakes, but I was very burnt out on the idea of partnerships and Grant Cardone caught me with just a 10 second thing. And he said, don't let your past experiences define your future. And And I think obviously what you just shared is is super relevant there is that don't let a bad partnership rob you of a bunch of incredible partnerships. And that's what I learned. And I, and I started partnering with people again, when I heard him say that, and I sat in there, I listened, and I really took the lesson. And now obviously I've had, I've got incredible partnerships with some amazing people. Um, But had I just like you, said okay well that just means i don't need to partner with anybody for the rest of my life would have been awful <laughs> would have been absolutely awful and i would have missed out on a lot of opportunities so
1: absolutely yeah it's huge and when you have the right partner and the right vibe i, I believe it moves you faster in the right direction it's like mm-hmm. it ignites the fire really this, was leading, it work.
0: this was leading my next question for you is how important has dan been for you, uh, you know, having a, a spouse that is just so on fire, which Dan is, is one of my favorite people. His energy is just always on; he's always ready. My operating system, um, I, I'm I'm really good when somebody like will like chew on me, will like yell at me. I'm the kind of person I don't need to be spoken to softly. If you do, I'm gonna probably lose respect for the situation. Like if you'll come in, slap me across the face, and just tell me where I'm messing up and call me an effing failure and show me a path, I will be ignited. And I don't think that Dan's that way, but he has that kind of gritty, like, we're just going to hustle and grind and go get it personality that I absolutely am in love with. And that was a little rant there for a second, but how how important has, has Dan been finding the right partner to go out there and build an incredible life with? How important has that been for you?
1: Uh, it's been important in every aspect of my life. So <laughs> yeah. uh, from the personal perspective. First, I think having a partner that is really aligned with my vision. um, It wasn't always that way though. So Mm -hmm. I think one of the things, if you meet someone and what you're both wanting in life, isn't exactly the same, don't give up right away. Like have more conversations because a lot of times you can find alignment when you get deeper. Like if I just said, as an example, I want to move to Oregon, he probably would have been like, see you later. It rains there. Sister. <laughs> right. But what I really wanted wasn't to move to Oregon. It was to have a deep relationship with my family. Mm-hmm. So sometimes okay. to get deeper, that's where the alignment truly kicks in and comes from, um, in business, man, did we struggle at first? So don't, don't assume it was always easy. I mean, we, saw things differently and we had different ways of accomplishing things and the way that we interacted with people was different like everything about us if you know him and you know me you know we're like (laughs) extremely different but ultimately having both of our talents and putting them together that has made us both so much more talented and it's been challenging it's been rewarding. It's been all the things, all the things. And um, the net result is I think I've grown faster and I've learned that I'm not always right about everything. And he's not always right about everything. And so we have to come together and have really difficult conversations a lot, but that makes us a lot better.
0: It's incredible what happens when you have a partner that you can just be vulnerable and honest and open with. And I think that we all come into situations where we're afraid to have those conversations because of, you know, what it may create, what conflict may exist or what may what we may lose. But ultimately, um, you know, it's one of the things I love about Bridget, my wife, is that I know that I can come to her and I can just be radically transparent because that is my style. Like if I, um, if I have a thought or if I'm feeling a certain way, I will just be very transparent about it. And she is. words of affirmation person. So sometimes that's, especially when we first started uh, in our young married life, like it was not a good thing because I would be radically transparent and she would be radically hurt. And it's like, (laughs) okay, we got to, we got to figure out where, Hey, Grant, you need to kind of pay attention to what you can say and what you can't say. And she's certainly forced me to become a better person just by, you know, doing nothing more than loving me so much that it inspires me to want to be better. And so I couldn't agree with you more. It's definitely everything for going out there and growing in a big way definitely carrie i could talk to you for days and days and days but i want to respect your time i know we're coming near the end here um it's been such an insightful conversation uh do you have any parting wisdom for somebody that may be listening to the show that would help them really truly understand how to expand their mind
1: I would say you're on the right track because you're here listening to this conversation. And so you are someone who has the mindset for growth and for listening and being surrounded by the right people. I would challenge you if there's a couple of people that Grant has brought on that really resonated with you, figure out how to meet them. Mm -hmm. So listen to podcasts listen to, to people's, you know, content on social media and make a list. Who are the people who will have impact? One of mine is Sarah Blakely, man. When I listen to her, I'm like, she's got the mama preneur thing down and she's a brilliant business woman. Like the way that she like, wow. Talk about not giving up and and solving problems in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think find a few people who you really want to be in the room with, and then figure out the path to get there.
0: No, oh, that's great advice, Carrie. Thank you so much for being on the show. There's so much wisdom here. I cannot wait to share it, and I know that uh, if somebody's listening to this, uh, it's just a bunch of transformative information. If you'll take it and you'll apply it Uh, to really help you lead a better life so thank you again thank you for spending time with me I know you've been in baby mode for a few months so I really (laughs) genuinely genuinely appreciate you agreeing to jump on the show Uh, it's been a special hour with you so thank you so much thank you guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of words of wisdom we'll see you on the next one Thank you for listening to this episode of Words of Wisdom. This is a show designed to inspire you to become a better leader so that you can win in all areas of your life. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Please rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget, go off and share your favorite words of wisdom from today's show.